Hello, and welcome to Endeavors. On today's show, I speak with actor Reese Thompson about growing up in the business, transitioning from child actor to adult actor, getting his start in comedy, and his role in the new film, The Fox Hunter. That's coming up on Endeavors. You're listening to Endeavors Radio with your host from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Dan McKee. I got my start on film sets 15, 16 years ago. I think 2003 was my first extra job, and then I did a bunch of work, 2004, 2005, 2006. And the acting circle in Victoria is quite small, uh, especially when you're a, a, a teen boy. And so occasionally I was, you know, you were aware of other actors your age from Vancouver, even though you never met them. And I remember one such actor, I'm not even sure how I first came across him, uh, but was Reese Thompson, who got his breakthrough by starring in a film called Rocket Science, uh, in which he starred opposite Anna Kendrick. Uh, and that kind of kick-started a little run of him playing these lovable geeks. Uh, he did that. And then there was Assassination of a High School President, uh, which he co-starred with Misha Barton, and then Daydream Nation that he did with Kat Dennings. That all took place within a space of about three years. Flash forward, and he's now a bona fide adult mature actor, uh, and he's in a new film called The Fox Hunter, which he shot down uh, in uh, North Carolina. But what was also interesting is that knowing that I was from Victoria, one of his longtime best friends, who's also in the in the business, is an actor from Victoria, in fact, he's probably one of Victoria's most successful actors, uh, Caleb Worthy, who is most well-known probably for his role on Austin and Alley uh, and was recently on The Act. But even years ago, I remember him from the show uh, I Was a Rat. And I never met Calum, and I still haven't, because we went to different schools. I was at Oak Bay High, and I think he might have gone to Claremont. But as Reese and I joke, I went to school with one of his first girlfriends, Brittany. So it was just kind of fun um, reminiscing about that you know th things you you never think or people you'll never think you'll mention on, on your podcast uh and then you know 
There they are coming up in conversation. But yes, uh, my guest today, Reese Thompson, uh, his new film is The Fox Hunter, uh, which I mentioned he shot down uh, in uh, North Carolina. And it's comedy about a prominent Southern family of blue blood media moguls deteriorates at the crossroad of past and progress in matters of death, wealth, love, and American journalism. Yeah, he gets to co-star with one of the new Hollywood Eight girls, Madison Iceman, as well as Beth Broderick. Some other work that Reese has appeared in that we talk about um, was The Perks of Being a Wallflower, which, would, of course, had... Uh, Logan Lerman, Emma Watson, Mae Whitman, uh, Ezra Miller. Uh, he's done a lot of voice work, including Zix Level 3, Story of Sanewoku, Gundam, Trolls, etc., etc. Uh, he's also appeared in Stargate Atlantis, Baby Geniuses 2, Sandlot 2, 4400, Ceremony, Final Girl, Almost Human, and Motive. But his new film, as I mentioned, is The Fox Hunter. This is my conversation with actor Reese Thompson. I'm good, man. How you doing? Good. Are you uh, are you in Vancouver or are you in LA? Yeah, I'm in Vancouver. Nice, nice. I'm just in Victoria, so. Oh, sweet. Yeah, not that far away. Nice. Are you from there? Yeah, I, I grew up here. I was I was out in Toronto um, oh, cool. for for a couple of years, and then came back here to be with family for the for the lockdown. Right, right. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, almost thirty-two. Oh, okay. Because my friend's from there. My friend Caleb's from there. What's his name? Uh, Caleb Worthy. Yeah. So I don't. I've I've never met Caleb, but yeah. Like I I know people who know him. I actually think I went to high school with the girl who dated him. Which um, one? Brittany. Yeah, Brittany Karens. Yeah. So she was. So she was two years. No, she was. I think a year below me in high school. So she would have been a couple years okay. older than Caleb. But I I do yeah. know that they dated. But he. I went to Oak Bay, and I think he went to Mount Doug. No, or Vic I can't High. remember. Um, what's it called? I forget. I forget what the name of his school was. Okay, but yes, no, I yeah, I, I, I've I, known him forever, so I was there through the whole Brittany Cairns. I've been there for his whole life. Yeah, well, because I mean, 10, pretty much, they, they were t they were together for a while, weren't they? Yeah, for like a high school relationship, it was like. Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. I think she, she just got married actually not too long ago. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he seems to be doing well. He's, he just did the act. Yeah. Have you seen it? Uh, I've seen a couple episodes. I've, I haven't seen the whole show. I've sort of seen clips because I don't, I don't have Hulu, but uh, I've, right. heard it, I've heard it's a really good show. Did you get to see it? Yeah, I watched it. It was great. Yeah. And he's great in it. Yeah, 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 and he was. He also did uh, Austin and Alley. I know. Uh huh. It's yeah. So is is he out in L.A. now then? Yeah, but he's he's home right now. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, he was actually here to shoot something, and then the lockdown happened, so he wasn't allowed to leave. Oh. Yeah. So then he just went over to the island to be with his parents. Makes sense. Makes yeah. Sense. And how are you doing? I, I read that you, you tested positive a few months ago. Is that true? Oh. Um. <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> that was kind of, well, all these celebrities were posting these, like, ridiculous videos where they were announcing that they tested positive so i was kind of making fun of them and like kind of wanted to show how like anyone could just claim that they did this and then it would become a thing so uh i might be regretting it now because it was like at that point it wasn't such a it wasn't as right as it became the the lockdown uh, sort of wasn't in full effect yet i don't think right but you'll notice that like it says on my Wikipedia that I announced that I have it. It doesn't say that I had it. Right. That, and that's what I actually copied it from another actor who had announced that he had it. <laughs> Wikipedia page. Cause I just thought the whole thing was ridiculous and it was people like just trying to grab publicity. So I was kind of like making fun of them a little bit, but. And, and now you're like, <laughs> eh, oops. Yeah. A little bit. But, uh, I still think it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it makes, but I mean, like, you know, just, just on that note, how, how do you think, you know, COVID and sort of being in all this situation, how has that changed celebrity culture at all? Because, you know, we're seeing, you know, there was a whole thing with Imagine that got a lot of flack because it didn't really do anything tangible. Oh, you know? Yeah, that's actually what I was making fun of. So I posted a video where I was saying, that I, on the advice of my publicist, I went and got t and tested po and to get tested for COVID. And, uh, and then I said, if I, if I sing a song and then three of my celebrity friends sing a song, I sing, sing the same song and then three of their celebrity friends sing the same song, maybe we can make a difference. And then I started singing, uh, I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed right. Peas. And uh, yeah, so that was the joke. And then like, and then, took it a step further and put it on my Wikipedia page. Well, I mean, you, you do online comedy, right? With, uh, with, with Jitterbug. Um, I used, that's a high school group. Oh, okay. That's, that's a group that I, but I met the, I met those guys because of Kalem actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, but, um, but yeah, I don't know about like, I, it's weird. Like I was actually just thinking about it in the shower today. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen with the industry now. It's like, it's very, it's very up in the air. So yeah, I don't know what that means for celebrity culture or, you know, just anything, anything at all, the business at all. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know, I know BC is saying they can start to come back, mm -hmm. but, you know, Toronto's a little farther off, but it just how, I mean, I, I was talking with people that will think maybe blockbusters will be affected more than indie films just because of, of, of the number of people. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, as, as, as an actor who's been in this business for a while, how, how would you feel about going onto a film set right now? Um, I mean, I, I, I'm fine with it. Um, I'm interested to see what's going to happen um, just in terms of creativity, because I think 
I thought the Joker was an interesting shift in pop culture and blockbuster films in general because it was a character-driven drama. But it made as much as the Avengers, but it costs like a fraction of that. So I was kind of, I saw that as like, because I know how the studio system works. And when there's a successful movie like that and they see like, oh, we can make more off this, then all of a sudden they go, we need, a, we need our Joker. We need a Joker movie, right? We need a character-driven drama that can make that kind of money. So I was interested in seeing that change. And now what I've heard is like, they're trying to make stuff with like one person or like a couple people in a room. Um, and apparently they may be trying to work with like couples and people who already, you know, spend time together so that the, the risk is lower. Um, which I think is very interesting. I think like sometimes parameters like that can, you know, create a very creative environment, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically what Amy Schumer did with her husband, right? They did. Oh, really? I don't know. So Amy Schumer's married to, to a chef. Okay. Um, and they just started this show in quarantine where, uh, Chris, I believe that's his name, teaches mm-hmm. Amy how to cook. And it's, oh, called, okay. and it's called Amy Schumer Learns to Cook. And it's the two of them. And I think they have one other person in their house that's filming them during this show. Right. They're, they're just doing this show, the two of them in quarantine with their, with their baby. Um, and it's just like this little homemade cooking show with Amy and, and Chris. That's cool. You know? Um, and I know, like, I think Mandy and, and Backstage have both had like quarantine filmmaking competitions. Um, you know, I've, I've attended a couple of virtual film festivals. So it, it's definitely going to be interesting, mm-hmm. interesting to see um, how, how we come out of it, you know. Um, but just, you know, on the note, I mean, you've, you've been in this business over half your life now. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, from, from then until now, from when you were like 14, 15 to, to now, how have you noticed the industry changing just naturally? Uh, I mean, I think things, there's this great quote, uh, that I heard, which was like, history doesn't repeat itself, but it definitely rhymes. And I think that like, with, you know, with the rise in popularity and like big budget blockbuster movies with like all these explosions and like crazy CGI and everything like that, that was a big change with like the shift from people going to the theater so much and then people staying at home and streaming shows and shows kind of becoming bigger than movies. And then like with the Avengers actually making movies into TV shows kind of like, it's like you wait a few years to get the next episode and stuff. And I thought that was really cool and interesting like I thought that was like one of the interest, most interesting things to happen in the industry ever right um and I still think we haven't seen what that's gonna be like I think that the extended universe thing or having these continued stories play out in film is like still being explored um so I'm really interested to see where that goes um like, I think it would be cool. I think it would be cool to see, like, Bond more like that. James Bond. 
where it's like you get because I feel like the James Bond movies are more like standalone films, right? Yeah. The character progresses through, but the movies don't really tie into each other. And I think that would be really interesting to see. And maybe even have like side characters and those storylines. And like, I think you could extend that. I think there's different like, there's so many different avenues you can go with that model that Marvel created. I think that maybe people were like, oh, it's superheroes. But no, it's actually this, this way of doing things. And, you know, people got burnt out on it. And I think people got burnt out on the, just the big spectacle stuff. And now people want more interest. Like, like I said about the Joker, when the Joker came out, it was like, oh, okay, like this cost a fraction and made just as much. So, and, and that's because people wanted that, but people wanted the other thing before too. And it's just kind of like what happened with, um, um, you know, any sort of trend that happened, you know, like, what was it? just like the there's a lot of kung fu stuff in the 90s right like i think after like jackie chan and then like you know the matrix and there's all these like everything was very much about like the you know the fight sequences and everything like that right Right. and then john wick was kind of like a hearkening back to that or like an homage to that and that thing is why it resonated with so many people um so yeah i think it like rhymes like that so i'm like now i think we're going into this period of where it's gonna you know we're gonna see stuff like phone booth again which people that was a great movie you know there's there's so many interesting things you can do with like with restrictions and i'm curious to see what people come up with you you know it's funny you talk about big blockbusters but i know if i look at your career you've kind of made a living of these smaller independent quirky comedies right you, you got the fox hunter coming out but for a while you were you were the 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 geeky high schooler you know you had a, yeah. a daydream nation assassination um rocket science i think was the other one um how early on did you find that that was going to be your way in when did you know that that this was sort of the role that i was going to play at least for that part of my career um well i just i booked rocket science so i was you know, I was 16 when I booked that. And so I was just doing every job that came my way at that time. And then, and then I got rocket science and it was like, Oh, I didn't realize that this could be more than just a job. Like I just thought it was a fun job. And then I got something way more out of doing rocket science. Cause it was felt like it had a message. And it also was the type of movie that I liked watching. So I think that was a huge change for me. And I was like, oh, I could make the types of stuff that I enjoy to see. Um, and I think that I it's interesting because, yeah, we were talking about blockbusters and stuff, but there was also a time where the indie movie was kind of the, it was a thing and it kind of became a style. Like I think rocket science fits into that. Napoleon Dynamite fits into that sort of um although napoleon diamond's a little bit like hard to place because it's right. kind of very unique very unique um but little miss sunshine um you know up in the air juno like those movies were at this time where like film festivals were kind of like the place to be and like these these um these movies would come out and then and then they would do well and they would um people would go to see them 
but that's kind of like not where they live anymore. They kind of live on streaming services and stuff like that. And which I think is fine. Like, I think that's where that makes sense, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was interesting. That, it was interesting to see that kind of become a style. And then, cause I felt like when we did rocket science, it felt very unique. And, yeah. and then, and then looking back on it years later, I'm like, Oh, this kind of fits into that. Like me and Earl and the dying girl and like those kinds of like projects. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Like that it's kind of become its own genre in a sense. Yeah, the the very, you know, the first, de- the late first decade of the 2000s was, I think, very much like, you know, the the, the independent teen high school yes. kind of, you know, and Rocket Science, and, and you mentioned Up in the Air, and Rocket Science, I believe, was one of the first films that also had Anna Kendrick uh, right. in it. What was it like working with her? And is it true she said something about her most awkward screen kisses? Is Was was Rocket, I oh, read a well, rumor that... Rocket Science was mentioned in that or something? Probably because I was 16 and she was, she had just turned 20. So I think she felt a little like, she was 19 when we started and then she turned 20 and then we had to do that. Right. And I think she felt like a little uncomfortable with it. Um, But also it was supposed to be super awkward. Like, and we we talked about making it very awkward and like these people are not physically like they're, yeah. they're not used to like they don't have any game <laughs> nerds we're debate school nerds right so um so yeah so it, it was definitely the the most awkward it's probably my most awkward on-screen kiss too i think did, did you know back then that you were working with somebody special in in anna yeah i mean that whole cast we felt that way like we um Aaron Yu, Vincent Piazza, Nick D'Agosto, and Anna, we we all were like, wow, like this it was a really cool thing to be a part of because we all were fans of each other's work. And you know, being able to like collaborate on that kind of film. And then also working with Jeff. We everybody loved Jeff too and the director. And then and then the pro- the final product was almost as good as the experience of making it, which is super rare. So, but yeah, so we totally, everybody believed in each other and, and, you know, I think we've all watched each other's careers since then. And, but yeah. And it, what I find really interesting is that right after that, you got to work with one of the biggest teen stars of the day in, in Misha with, uh, right with 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 assassination um well assassination the high school president i believe is the full name of the of the yeah it's okay but i call it that too yeah (laughs) it was just it's just easier for me to say um Mm -hmm. what was it like working with you know somebody like that who was sort of at the height of their career i mean i don't know like i guess it didn't really come up like we didn't really like talk about it so much but no it was no it was kind of interesting too was at the same time that i was working with her i just become friends with a bunch of the gossip girl cast as they were making that show oh wow so they had shot the pilot and then um my friend aaron from rocket science was friends with uh 
with them because he was friends with Penn Badgley. And then they, um, we were all in New York at the same time. Aaron was working on a movie and then they started the show and I, and I was shooting assassination at the same time. And so we all were hanging out together. And so that was really interesting because Penn, we were with Penn uh, one day and it was always oh, a day after the premiere of the show or it was okay. like the day of the premiere. I can't remember, but we're like, so has anything happened? And he was like, dude, it's crazy. Like these girls came up to me the other day. Like I walked out of my apartment and these girls were like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And he's like, oh. and they were like, can we get a picture with you? And he's like, he's like, yeah, sure. And then he's like, the girl was like shaking. Like he was like, I was like actually like worried. Like I was like, is she going to fall down? Like it's really crazy. Um, and he'd like never experienced anything like that before. So it was like, he said it was really shocking, like that quickly, like right after the premiere. Um, and um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't really, Misha and I didn't really talk about that stuff as far as I remember. You know, like, I don't remember us talking about fame really or like her experience as much. So, yeah. But we, you know, we got on and it was just like, we, this just wasn't a topic that came up. It only came up with Penn because it was happening right then. Right, yeah. You know? Um, but when we were at Sundance, it was, di- it was just different when we were at Sundance. Because when we were at Sundance, it was like, you could tell, like, she, it was weighing on her a little bit. And as it would on anyone, like, because it, she had, like, paparazzi following her, which I don't think really happens anymore. So, like, it was, like, she would walk into where we were supposed to be doing interviews and stuff, and there'd be, like, flashes going off and stuff, and, like, you know, kind of like the Paris Hilton thing, where it's, like, the sunglasses and the, like, God, like, so that was, that was interesting to see. Um, yeah, and so, like, I, you know, I guess that was probably where we spoke about it more, because I know that, like, it was, it's difficult. It was difficult for her. And, you know, to navigate those, those things and, and, uh, um, but yeah, it didn't really come up when we were shooting because it's kind of like, you can get lost in New York and, and we were in Jersey too. So you can get even more lost in Jersey, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and she also had like established roots in New York. So she had friends there and stuff. So like if we you know i hung out with her a couple of times outside of work and we went and to her friend like with her friends to like an underground bar where it was like she wasn't getting harassed or anything like that right um so yeah you know you you've worked in new york you've worked in la you've worked in vancouver i'm curious do you, do you notice a difference in i guess just how we how we approach the idea of of fame and celebrity is it you think it's much more muted in in Canada than it is in in the states, or because Vancouver is such a film town that it it can still be very intense. I don't know. Like, I wish I like. I don't actually wish this, but I wish I was more famous so that I could actually have some perspective on it. But I don't, because I've never been followed, or you know, I've never been harassed. Like, I I always like I've maintained kind of this like 
the exact amount of fame that I want where it's like I can be myself and then like if people know my work they're like hey like I love that work that job that movie you did and it's like cool and it's like that's that's great and that's like is kind of intentional too right you know um but um I know that like like Logan Lerman told me that people in Vancouver follow you more like kind of like because people I think people are a little less uh confident than they are in the states in the states they'll just come up to you and and you know say something um but he was saying that like people follow you here he like oh that's the girl that was outside of the hotel earlier and they're like at she's at the restaurant with over there kind of thing interesting Interesting. um but calem actually is pretty famous because of his disney show yeah and he gets and the thing is like i think because of who he is and also like the work that he's done he has a very approachable vibe so uh he gets approached all the time wherever we are if we're in, even in vancouver like people come up to him and say i mean hi and yeah i definitely think that's that's a byproduct of, of the disney effect like once once you become a right. disney kid that's that's its own thing you know um yeah you you mentioned Logan, and of course, you I know you worked with him on on, on Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, mm-hmm. That was a great cast because you you had yeah. Logan, um, you had Emma Watson who would sort of just won the People's Choice Award. Yes, uh, <laughs> you know, and and I think you know Emma was only a couple years removed from from Harry Potter. Um, mm-hmm. You had Mae Whitman, who I think at that point was probably still either on Parenthood. Uh, I. Yeah, I think she, I can't even remember if she was on it yet. But it was, it was kind of right around that time because you shot it like 2011, right? So, um, you know, and May is another one that I've been watching her, her whole career. Um, What was it like, you know, being in that environment? You have this, you know, uber famous, you know, Mm -hmm. actress that you're working with who was in the biggest franchise of the last, you know, however many years. And then two other actors who, like you, had sort of been working as kids and had sort of risen, you know, sort, right. of, sort of come of age in the industry. What, what were the conversations you had around that? Like if at any, if at all. Oh, it was a little, it was a little weird to be honest. Cause we were in Pittsburgh and so, and we were staying in this like small hotel and uh, there were, there were definitely, there were times where it was a little scary. Like Emma had a bodyguard and everything. Oh wow! Um, but there were times where it was like, like, it was kind of it was like, there were times where it would be like we'd order a pizza, and we had to like, be careful about that. Like one time we ordered a pizza, and it came to the and we were down in the lobby, but we were like off to the side and. Emma's bodyguard went to go get the pizza and then bought it or whatever, came back. And then the guy like wouldn't leave. Like he was just lingering in the lobby and it was just like strange. So there was just like, there were times where it was like very strange. There was a guy one time, um, I don't, I don't like, I'm always like, dude, am I supposed to share these stories? I don't know, but whatever. Um, I was, 
Ezra and I were, were, we had been hanging out with everyone. And then this is back when I don't smoke anymore, but I used to smoke and we were all going to bed. And so Ezra and I were like, let's go out and have one more cigarette before we go to bed. So we go outside and it's like the middle of the night. Like it's maybe like three or four in the morning because we had worked and then like come home. And uh, so this guy comes out of the bushes and he's like, Logan. And we were like, cause Ezra kind of looks like Logan. Yeah. Right? I can see it. So it was like, it was so weird. It was like chilling. And we were like, no man. And then he was like, Oh, is Lo- is like Logan staying here? And we we're like, we don't know who you're talking about. Like we tried to play it off. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. It was like, it was very strange. Yeah. It was really weird. Anyway, you're, uh, you have a, a new film coming out, uh, The Fox mm-hmm. Hunter, where I, I, I believe it's out already, uh, I, I think. Oh. I, I don't know. I, did. I think it might be. Well, when, when, I, was, when I was emailing the, the guy from Denim, he was just like, yeah, it had a very, it had a very short release um, because of COVID, but they're not, like, it's, it, it seems like it might, oh. it, might, it might be a bit in limbo in terms of like it's digital and it's VOD and, and whatever. Um, yeah, it had a limited theatrical release, and I think it's going to um, it's going to be out soon. I think, and I think it might be out now because yeah. I talked to him like a week ago, and he said, "I I I did I did find it on Amazon Prime, but you can't stream oh. it yet. You can only buy it or rent it. So maybe that's Amazon oh. States, not not Canada. It might entirely." sure how that works um well it's out then great yeah, there you go um yeah. how 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 did this role come to you um i did this movie with uh michael angarano uh called ceremony and patrick was a huge fan of that movie um and he'd seen it like a lot and he originally wanted to make the fox hunter locally in raleigh and like hire all local north carolina actors and stuff and um and then he couldn't he just couldn't find all the people that he wanted like he needed the like the movie had a specific kind of comedy to it it was his sense of humor and like he just couldn't get people to understand it um and so uh, there was one night where he rewatched Ceremony again, and he was just like, "This guy gets like this Reese guy gets it." He's like, "I need this guy." <laughs> so then he, um, I got a so I got an email from my agent saying that I had an offer for this movie, and I started reading it, and then Patrick messaged me on in- Instagram, and said, "Hey, I don't know if you got the script, uh, but I'd really like to blah blah blah." And, I was like, I'm reading the script right now. I was like, you can call me if you want. So I gave him my number and then he called me. And then we talked on the phone for a while and we got along. And he was like saying that it, he wanted to shoot it non-union. And I was like, well, I was like, I can't do that. Um, so I kind of said to him, I was like, yeah, but I, I love the script and you seem really great. You seem like a great guy and like, you know what you're doing. Uh, 
maybe in the future when you're ready to take the next step and do you know another project that's unionized like we can work together and he's like all right cool man and then we got off the phone and then he messaged me like later that day i think or the next day and was like i'm gonna unionize the film he's like he's like i'm ready he's like i'm ready to take the next step so he did that and then because of that then he was like oh well now i don't have to hire locally i can actually look out and see like who else is available and then he made offers to madison eisman and beth broderick and you know frida jane the rest of the cast and then and then he hired benji from atlanta so he was local there's still a couple of local hires i think the guy who played my dad is uh he's from north carolina too or south carolina i think so yeah so yeah that's how that came together you know you you mentioned you got it because of your previous role. How how would you describe then your your particular sense of humor? Well, I think one of my like, I don't know if it's that. It's just that like, I when I I bond with my directors. So if I'm working with a director, I just get on the same level as them, and then we kind of develop our own language. Um, like in assassination, the director could come up to me and be like, we had this inside joke, but it became not even a joke at a certain point where he'd say, less water, more robot. Like he would give me these really weird directions, but I knew exactly what he meant and I did it. Right. And so, and with Patrick, we would ride to work together. We would we would just joke around with each other all the time. In fact, I didn't get the sense of humor until we did a script read through, which I insisted on. I was like, we need to do a script read through. And he's like, well, we can't get every, we're not gonna have everyone. I was like, it doesn't matter. It's just like, like Olivia was there. I was like, let's just do it with Olivia and like some of the other guys, like the crew guys, the camera department or whatever, or producers and stuff. So we all did that. and. It was good because Patrick was like, no, it's like this. And he started just doing it for me. Like he just started doing the performance for me. And then I was like, okay, I get it. Like it's super, he's got this like, like weird, like kind of, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, he finds like the, which I do too, is like finding the humor and like the truth of like how people talk or that we love like contradictions and um, little looks that people give, you know, where somebody says something that's not meant to be an insult, but it's somehow insulting and then yeah. just gets like a little glance. So we like all that sort of stuff. Um, and we, we make each other laugh a lot. So that's kind, that's kind of where like, I just kind of adopted that sense of humor and yeah what was it like shooting shooting down on that area it was really cool it's really cool because raleigh is um it's this really cool little town it's like um it's kind of like portland but before it's like as it's starting to get cool it would be like being in portland right when people are going like I think this place is going to be something interesting in a few years. 
So there's like really cool, um, there's a really interesting art community there. And Patrick was a painter before and, and then started making films. And there's a really, really good restaurant scene there. Some really good, amazing restaurants. Um, Patrick owns a bar too. And it was voted the number one bar in Raleigh. It's this really cool underground jazz club with like books and it's like a, like a library kind of, or there's one part of it that's a library. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah. Um, so it's just a really cool place. And then, but we shot in a lot of other places in North Carolina too. We shot some stuff in Wilmington. We shot like a, a day in Wilmington, um, which I had shot a movie in Wilmington before. And that's an amazing place too. I actually really love North Carolina a lot. Um, uh, yeah, great seafood in Wilmington, especially. Um, yeah, it's a cool place. I recommend people go and check it out. Uh, one of your uh, your your sort of main co-star uh, in the film is Madison Iceman, um, mm -hmm. who's become, I think, not not that I like to use the term it girl, but I think she's definitely becoming more noticed. Um, I had a she's an it girl. Uh, I had a chance to see Riot Girls recently, which I loved. It's a great Canadian film. Um, oh yeah, I haven't seen that. She just signed on to do that. I think when we finished or we were finishing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know it's 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 great. Um, cool. I think it's on Crave or something. Um, okay. But yeah, it, it's kind of, it, it's like, it's kind of a take on West Side Story kind of thing, you know, like there's these two rival gangs and uh -huh. yeah, it's pretty, and um, uh, what's his name? The, 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 the kid that plays Eli in Degrassi. Um, Who's Eli? Uh, I've never seen oh, Eli was one of the, uh, uh, love, uh, was one of the, oh, I forget his name. Um. But yeah, no, he was, uh, he's like the main villain in it. Um, okay. It's great. Anyway, um, what, what was your, ex Monroe Chambers, that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he, he's like the main villain. He's like the leader of, of the rival gang that they're trying, okay. to, that they're trying to defeat. Um, just, what was your experience like of, of, working, of working with Madison? Oh, great. She was, um, yeah, she's really cool and... Um, yeah, it was, it was great. She's a great actor. And um, I think it's a great role for her too. Like I just, we just, I just rewatched it with my girlfriend and um, it's a good role for her because she's very kind of, I haven't seen a lot of her other work. I've only seen um, Jumanji, but I, I'm not sure. Well, I don't know what her character is like in Riot Girl, but it's, she gets to play like a confident young woman. And I think that's, it's cool. Like she really embodies that role very well. And she's also like this, she got something like interesting going on. Like you kind of like, she's the character in the movie that you want to know more about. And she's like really nails that. No, yeah, no, her character in Ryan girls is great. Like her and her and Paloma play like these kind of badass girlfriends, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think, I think she ends up, killing i think she ends up killing somebody with an axe or something in, at the end of the film so it's 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 kind of cool um Sweet. yeah it sounds like she's doing like a lot of interesting different types of roles 
Um, so yeah, she's definitely an exciting actor to watch. And then of course you also get to work with uh, the great Beth Broderick. Uh, yes. In, in the Fox Hunter. What, what was that like? Oh, it was great. She comes with like a lot of experience and wisdom and, and uh, yeah. And same with John Lascault, uh, who played the dad. Uh, and they, so it was just those days where it was like the whole family together was always interesting. Just listening to their conversations about the industry acting their, you know, John is actually, it's funny because in the movie, he's a very loud man, but in reality, he's very quiet and uh, so, and sweet. And he, you know, he's like into poetry and like, really into like the art and and stuff like that and uh and beth is you know she's because she her experience is more uh in front of the screen i think and rather than the stage so yeah those conversations were just really interesting and benji too benji who plays aesop he is theater actor too and so and he's done a lot of films as well but that just having like being i love being around older people in general um, and just, you know, absorbing wisdom and stuff like that. It's really great. And like, that's one of the great things about doing this, especially when I don't know how often in other businesses that people get to do that, where they actually get to be with somebody who's like done, be around somebody who's done the same thing that you're doing for, you know, X amount of years and they have all this experience and they have aged into it. And yeah, it's always interesting to hear what they have to say. Um, what a lot of, I think what a lot of people don't realize about you and your career is that you've, you've actually done quite a bit of, of voice work as well. Um, yeah. I know you've done a lot of uh, English dub for animes, uh, like uh, what have you done? Sto uh, Story of Senoku, Sino uh, Gundam, Inuyasha, Tokyo Underground. Um, What's funny is those are more like, I've only done like an episode or two of those, but I did, I was one of the main cast on like Mega Man. We did, there was a show based off of uh, one of the games. Um, and then I did a show called Beat em On where I was the lead, which was these toys that shoot little marbles. <laughs> um, and... Uh, uh, there's a few others that I've done like a mate, like where I was like there for the whole thing, but it's funny. Yeah. Those are the more high profile shows, but I was only on for like an episode or two. What, of those. what do you enjoy about voice acting and, and, you know, com compared to, you know, using your voice as supposed to your, your whole body, so to speak. Well, you still use your whole body when you do voice, but um, really, it's just like, it's nice to, it's kind of like the closest thing to an office job because you know where you're going every day. So, you know, you're going to like this studio, you know, who's going to be there. You know, the director is usually the same. Sometimes they alternate, but it's like, generally you're, you know, going to see the same people and, um, you get to know each other really well. And you just kind of have fun. It's like way more uh, goofy than doing being on set. 
because being on set there's so many like working like miss like little like cogs to the whole thing um and that like you know and if one thing goes wrong then it can like ruin the whole day and everything like that and the hours are longer but doing doing voice it's like i know i'm gonna be there for four hours and carl and i are just gonna talk about you know nerdy shit for <laughs> most of the time and then like one of the common things is like we got to get back to work like we we should we should record like we've been talking about you know superhero movies for too long yeah. or whatever um and uh so yeah so it's it's just like really chill and fun and and yeah it's very easy was was that something you did a lot as a kid was like playing around with voices i know because you sort of have this background in comedy was that you know were you the kid that was like oh hey there or you know various impressions <laughs> or anything like that no but i love impersonating people i know and and in fact i just did it i was with some friends and i impersonated another friend of ours and they were like that's crazy because i i just i i yeah i think that's where i get a lot of my inspiration from like i've based a lot of characters off of calum like my character in rocket science is kind of based on him okay um my character in daydream nation is based on michael angarano okay um and and kind of my character in fox hunter too because in ceremony michael had a mustache and because i got this because of ceremony i grew the mustache because i okay. thought that would be funny like little homage to it <laughs> <laughs> what 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 is, what is your best calum impression is, is is there a word or phrase that that calum says that you're just like that's that's him in a nutshell no it's kind of like his body language like he's very like very like upright and he's like oh yeah yeah totally like everything's very quick and like you know and he like does this yes sometimes when he talks and yep. yeah um he's also a bit of a space cadet um <laughs> But it's I talked to him about it before, and he said it's like it's because he's trying to think of jokes. So okay. like sometimes you'll be talking to him, he's like, right, yeah, totally, yeah, sure, and he's just like trying to come up with something funny to say. So he'll wait for the thing, and then boom, you know, yeah. Have you have you two ever worked together on screen? Yeah, twice. Okay, we did. Um, um national lampoon's thanksgiving family reunion together oh. with brian cranston wow yeah and uh judge reinhold and then we did daydream nation together oh that's right he was in that yeah, yeah, I forgot yeah. About that. he's great in it too he's like crazy drug overdose <laughs> <laughs> yeah what was the uh the national lampoon experience like Oh, that was, that was interesting. It was like pretty low budget. Um, and at the time, Brian was doing um, Malcolm in the Middle. Um, but he was really cool to be around. Like he was like one of those guys that was very um, smart. Like he's a very smart actor. 
and and he would just like sort of similar to Beth, uh, where he was like very like generous with his knowledge about things. And I've used like I still remember like advice that he gave, not to me specifically, but he would just like say stuff, um, and I still use some stuff. I remember there was one day where he was sitting there and he just kind of closed his eyes and he's like, you know, they say that if you just close your eyes and slow your breathing down and just turn off like a couple switches, it's almost as good as taking a nap. And everyone's just kind of like, cool, man. <laughs> but I was like, it's good advice. Like, yeah. Because sometimes on set, you don't have time to like go and actually relax, you know? Um, and you're working long hours and all that. So yeah, there's other stuff too. I'm trying to think if I think of something else, I'll let you know, but yeah, he was very generous with his knowledge and his, yeah. Uh, I know you, you have a, according to your IMDb here, you have a couple other projects that I think are in the works, um, that I'm reading about four walls and the road ahead. Um, yeah, Four Walls is a movie I did with, um, actually a guy from Nanaimo. Oh. I directed that. And, and so when I was doing Jitterbug Productions in high school, this guy Darcy, he had a, his own sketch group in Nanaimo and we kind of communicated over YouTube and I'd never met these guys before. And then a couple years ago, I got an audition for this movie and I saw that it was him and then I just messaged him on Facebook and I was like dude uh just come to my friend's new year's party like let's just talk <laughs> and he's like okay so then he came and and um and I met them for the first time and it was like very surreal and basically like I told him what I wanted to do with the character and we talked about the movie and stuff and then um yeah and then I got the role from that and then uh yeah it was great like I saw it we there was a premiere um before all this COVID stuff happened and then he released it for like one weekend online um and uh yeah I'm proud of it it turned out really well it's like a really cool Vancouver movie he did a really good job of he said he wanted to make Vancouver seem cool to people who aren't from here like he's like I wanted people in Japan to watch it and go like oh I want to go see Vancouver I want to go to Vancouver um and I think he did a good job of that you, you know on, on that note is is there a certain different type of appeal for you to to work on movies that are homegrown that are you know shot in your hometown by directors from from Vancouver or sort of the lower mainland um I just want to work with people that I like um and that was so much fun like especially because we kind of had this history with each other um and you know again it was just like we're just doing bits the whole time like off camera just joking around like same with Patrick right right like I just I love getting along with the people that I'm working with and um yeah so it's not necessarily like that's pretty much the only that's the first vancouver movie that i've done or like can 
Canadian film other than Daydream Nation, but Daydream Nation actually ended up not being a Canadian film. It was originally supposed to be a Canadian film um, and then ended up becoming an American movie because the director's from Toronto, I believe, and he was struggling with, I think he was working with, to, or he was trying to work with telefilm or something. And they have a, like a lot of like requirements that you have to meet. And he would have had to change so much about the script that he ended up just looking for people in LA and, and, or in the States. And then he got investors that way. Um, and then he had to, he had to make changes to the script, but not nearly as much. He just had to change the locations because before it did take place in a small town outside of Toronto. And then he had to change it to, just a small town in the middle of nowhere. Like they just did, we didn't say where it was. Right. And um, and then because of that, we got Josh Lucas and Kat Dennings and yeah, so. Yeah, I, I do notice you you have uh, uh, one one producer credit. You know, we, we oh. see a lot of, of, of teen actors or, or child actors move behind the scenes as, as their career progresses. Is, is that something you've, you've thought about it all either directing or writing or producing yeah i mean i think it's kind of like i think the reason why that happens is it just becomes inevitable because you just you 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 not that you get bored because i'm not bored and if i could just act i would but it's just i've always as long as i've been acting i've been writing so yeah, and I think that the majority of the things that I talk about with people nowadays is creating our own stuff. So, yeah. Um, but the, the reason for that producer credit was because um, it was on the zombie movie that I was doing, and it was very, very low budget. And I just ended up doing more than what a normal, than an actor would do. Um, so I ended up just asking for that credit because I just had done more than I had yeah. done some executive producing. So I asked for the credit and then they gave it to me, which was nice. Um, Cause they really didn't have to. Um, but yeah, that's how that happened. But I, you know, and I've been asked, like I, I worked on a, uh, I did a short film for somebody I know recently and he asked me to be a producer on it. And I was like, I can't see myself really doing anything other more than I would normally do. Like, I think you have great producers and I just don't see how I would fit into that. Um, Cause I don't think I could do anything for you that they're not already doing for you. Um, whereas like in the other case, it was like, I had already done things that, you know, I got cast. I had, you know, done some other things too i can't remember because it's a few years ago now but yeah so that's how that happened but yeah i definitely want to make stuff i mean i would even say that there's some stuff that's in the works right now but i don't i don't want to talk about it because right. i don't know if it's going to happen or um i don't want to like betray people that don't want me to talk about it right if, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what i mean um but yeah i think I think it's an inevitability, especially when you get to like the age that my myself and my peers are at now, which is like thirty. Right. And it's like, okay, yeah, we're we're definitely adults now. We know what we like and what we want to see. Yeah. Um, 
so I think we can probably do it now. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm I'm the same way. I you know, I started off doing you know set work and and stuff mm -hmm. and just sort of transitioned into writing and directing. So I, yeah, you know, I get it. Um, but do do you think you know? Do you find that it's easier now to to create stuff because there is, you know, things can be self produced, or that it's harder because even the streaming market now is getting saturated with all these different platforms. <sighs> I think it's both. Cause it's, yeah, it is easier to produce, but it might be harder to get people to look at it. I also just don't know. It's so weird to think about, but it's like, it's very possible that movies could be something of the past one day or like, I don't know. I don't know. Cause it's like, we still have records. Yeah. You know what I mean? People still listen to vinyl. Um, so it's kind of, and in fact, it kind of came back. Yeah. It kind of was fading out and then it came back. So I don't know. Like, are people still going to want to go to the movie theater after the pandemic is up. I mean, I know I will, you know, but maybe people won't. Even I even have a friend who's in the industry. He's an actor, and and he was like, I just watch TikTok now. He's like, I, like I'll think about putting on something on Netflix, but then I just open up TikTok and I just spend a few hours on TikTok watching stuff. And I'm like, that's kind of crazy. Oh, that's so crazy. He's calling me right now. Oh. The guy that I was just talking about. Wow. Talk yeah. about talk about synchronicity. I gotta take this. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, we can wrap up soon. Um, I'm just kidding. But I I actually just read something a couple hour ago, couple hours ago today that said um, Vancouver Island specifically could become one of the new um, mm. industry hotbeds for for film in in BC uh, and and in Canada. Uh, what what do you think about that? What what makes Victoria, Vancouver Island, uh, a a good place for a film. Can I, I'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick. And yeah, I will pause. No problem. Okay, cool. I'll be right back. Well, Victoria's really cool. Like downtown Victoria is super cool looking, um, with the cobblestone streets and everything like that. So I, I mean, there's that. Uh, you know, I used to spend a lot of time there when I was younger because of Calum and then my the jitterbug guy that i met nick he lived over there so we would I'll go over there all the time and shoot stuff but i heard and this is a rumor um but i heard that lord of the rings might be going there the new lord of the rings show really yeah but i don't know if that's true but i've been hearing that for a while now that and i think that's why okay i mean it's interesting. I could actually see it because uh, the first three X-Men's were shot here. Oh, okay. Um, the X-Men uh, 1, 2, and 3, sort of before all the, like, before all the other spin-offs yeah. happened, right? We shot them at uh, Royal Roads. It's just this, I don't know if you know, but it's like this big university. It's like a castle kind of right. up in Colwood area. And Fierce People was shot there. I've done a, I've done a couple of days on set on both of those films. Um, so yeah, I mean, a, a place like that could definitely lend itself to Middle Earth. There's a lot of like kind of gardens. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually think the, uh, they had that American remake of, of Broadchurch. 
Um, oh, right. I think I think that was shot out here as well. Hmm. Um, so yeah, we, we kind of are becoming are becoming that uh, that thing. What do you, what would it do for the industry, not only in Victoria but in BC and Canada, if Lord of the Rings were to come here? Um, I think it would change everything because I like. Did anyone care about going to New Zealand before Lord of the Rings? Probably not. <laughs> not really. Yeah. So, you know, and yeah, people, so I think it would make it like a tourist destination. Yeah. I mean, not that it isn't already, but right. way more. I mean, I'm sure there's people in other places of the world. No one's going like, know where I want to go? Victoria. Right. Some people say, oh, I'd like to check out Vancouver. But even like when I talk to people in the States, they don't even really know what it is. They just heard Vancouver's nice. Yeah. But they're not like, oh, yeah, I've always wanted to go there. I'm like, oh, really? Why? And they're like, I heard it's nice. <laughs> and that's it. Like, they don't know like what it is. They don't know what it looks like. They don't know what's here. Well, I mean, I, I remember when I was like 12 having to explain to an American where Victoria actually was. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right? Like, I still, I have to explain where Vancouver is all the time. Because people think it's, people in the States think it's next to Toronto or. Yeah. Or, or they'll be like, oh, it's a, that's above New York, right? And it's like, no. Yeah. Or, or they'll think it's Vancouver, Washington. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. Which um, is closer to. <laughs> Exactly right. Um, we, with all that you've accomplished in, in in your career, what are you know some things, some roles, types of films that you that you still want to do? Um, I think I I really like to do some sort of. Uh, I love to do like a franchise character, like I and not necessarily like not something. Like I, to be honest a dream role would be like, I'd love to do the talented Mr. Ripley as like a, um, like a continued character. Okay. Because there's like three or four books in that series, I think. But I'd like to see it like just carry on. I'd love to see that character become sort of like a, like a James Bond type character, but he's, right. but he's this like sleazy con man, murderer, bisexual psychopath. I'm like, I think that would be such an interesting character to see develop and to see him like, you know, kind of navigate through his life. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'd love to do something like that. Um, I think like, I would like to um, direct too. I think there's another, there's um, Patrick and I are working on another project because I, when I, when I met with Patrick about the Fox Hunter, I had had this idea for years, um, for something like based in like sort of a Southern, like based around horses. Um, and, uh, so I pitched it to him when we first met and we've been talking about it ever since. In fact, that was like mostly what we talked about while we were doing the Fox Hunter was just this <laughs> other project that we were going to do. So, but he's been busy because he's been working on the Buddy Holly movie. Right, okay. So, 
we haven't, but we kind of like, it's still in the back of our minds. And we, when we talk, you know, he'll talk to me about what's going on with Buddy Holly. And then we ended up talking about this other project. So yeah, that's something that we're working on. Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. Cause it's like, I'm, well, I'm now starting to audition for dads. I know it's, I, I remember, I'll never forget, I got my first dad audition when I was 27, right? Wow, like, yeah. You and I are the same age. Yeah. And, but, like, at 27, like, I'm 32. <laughs> I don't look 32. Like, right. you know, I was doing a, I, I had a job, you know, like, I don't know, six months ago, like, around Christmas time, I was doing a, a festival, and my boss was like, yeah, I thought you were, like, 2021. So at wow. 27, I look 17 auditioning for dads. It's not going to work. <laughs> That's so funny. See, I always thought that I look older than I look. Like, I kind of was like, I'm like, finally. Right. Because I, you know, could, you know how you taught, you were said earlier about how I played these high school characters? Yeah. And then, and then when I hit like 25, like things slowed down because I was kind of transitioning from being a young young man into being a man and and uh i was like finally once i started having more auditions again it's like finally like these guys have jobs <laughs> and they have like a past right you know because so much of it was like you're a student it's like cool like and you there would obviously be more to the character than that but at the same time it's like you know, you're still a student. You're still figuring it out. You know, yeah. you don't, you haven't, I mean, I guess in, now that I'm saying it out loud, it, it's like in rocket science, he's in debate and, and in assassination, he's a detective or a journalist, but still a high school student. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Do you, do you think you'd make a good dad? <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope to be one day. Well, there you go. Um, but that I actually had an audition to do yesterday, and I was and I had to be interacting with a kid in this scene, and I was like, I have to. It was such a weird thing. I was like, oh, I can't think of this kid as, you know, my little cousins or you know, my brother's stepkids because I it has to be my kid. It has to be like, I had to have that. And I was like, I, I had to kind of like wrap my brain around that and kind of figure out what that would be like, which was, I kind of, and I, the thing I came to was that, you know, as of being a, like, you know, an uncle or whatever, <laughs> you get to have fun with these kids. And then when they're being brats, you don't have to deal with that. And so it was kind of this sweet moment in the script. And I was like, oh, this moment must be so refreshing. Like every time that the kid is not being a brat or like, you know, just being a kid and right. being difficult and being like sweet and funny. And like, we have like a connect or connecting on some level is like, oh, thank God. Like, this is what parenthood is about and then so i you know that's kind of what i did for that right. um 
But yeah, it's an interesting thing to like wrap your head around when you don't have kids. I'm sure it's a lot easier when you have kids. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I, I have six nieces and nephews, right? So I, right. Like, I, I get it. Finally, yeah. you know, we, uh, you hear all these stories about, you know, actor friendships that, that grow up like, like Ben and Matt or Leo and Toby. Are, are we going to see, you know, that happen with, with Reese and Caleb in the future? Are you going to be the, the next, uh, you know, the, the, the next Hollywood bromance or Hollywood best friends? Uh, I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> we actually finally started working on a script together because during this time, we'd always talked about it for years and years and years. And then during this time, we were like, we should write something. And then Cam was like, actually, yeah, like, let's actually do it. Like, let's actually start something. So we did start something. Um, and I'm, we're both pretty excited about it. So hopefully, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be doing something. Nice. Well, we, uh, yeah. We we look forward to to that when 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 the day may come and maybe it'll win you your uh, your next People's Choice Award. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this has been great. Thanks so much, Reese. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. Uh, Fox Hunter, I we we think is out now in 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 some Amazon form. It, it's it's on Amazon at least in the states. I think. Um, yeah. I found it on Prime in Canada, but you can't stream it. You have to buy it or rent it. So I guess okay. they're still uh, they're they're still working on that. Um, but it is it it is out there, um, and people people can at least come across the trailer. Uh, yeah, and the trailer was top five on Apple trailers for a little while. So oh, well, hopefully it'll do all right on this uh, streaming service. Yeah, well, you know what what I saw. It's a it's a nice. Uh, quirky little film so i i, I yeah. hope uh, i hope us canadians get to uh get to experience the full thing one day yeah all right man well uh you uh you stay safe over there in vancouver all right thanks you too all righty man ciao okay talk to you later once again that was my conversation with reese thompson his new film is the fox hunter a satirical film about Southern etiquette. Uh, it is available on Prime Video. Uh, if you're listening in Canada, um, you can rent or buy that. And I believe if you're in the States, uh, you can stream that. Uh, be sure to tune in on Saturday when I'll be speaking with Tom Shepard, the director of the great new documentary, Unsettled, which looks at LGBTQ refugees uh, in San Francisco. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. I always like to have a lot of sex. <laughs>